Welcome to the Sobriety Elevated Podcast with your hosts, Kevin and Jim. We are dedicated to strengthening your recovery and elevating your sobriety. Thank you for listening. It is showtime. Good day. Good day, everyone. No, we, um, <laughs> we've been trying to figure out how to start this one, and we keep blowing it. So there is our Australian ac- accent. Uh, Actually, we're excited. It's cool. What? Okay, yeah. it was cool. We got a we fun have... topic today. We have a great topic today. I am super excited. We have been. Uh, we're committed to getting getting these these podcasts out there, and we were talking about different ideas. We want to talk about challenges that people face in yep. recovery. We turn to a great resource, Google. If anybody's never the heard of it, it's a website resource. Yeah, it's a new. And we just googled what are the common challenges that people face in recovery, and we have seven of them that we're going to talk about today. Yeah, and this is off the cuff and kind of. Uh, we just are going to talk through it. We didn't prepare, read this. We didn't write out speeches or anything. So uh, I think that it's fun- it's exciting. Funny thing it, is, the funny thing is, I think they're going to see that. <laughs> yeah, that's a good. Yeah, we probably didn't have to. People are thinking, well, we know you guys don't prepare like, for these this things. This is that crazy episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're going to go through them. It's, it's, it's cool. So we'll see kind of where this takes us. You know, we speak from our experience. We don't speak because we have this great education or anything like that. So we speak from our experience, and um, I know what's worked for me, and uh, that's why I speak so passionately and confidently. And I want to say, Kevin, with almost 1,100 days, you can speak confidently. Like, neither one of us is, quote-unquote, an expert, right? I've been working in the field of recovery since 2008, and I have had over 30,000 people in front of me in recovery centers. I just know what I know, and I'm passionate about people staying sober. It's where I met you. And let me tell you, 1,100 days you're well on your way to mastery of recovery. Yeah, I'm just thankful. I know that I'll never have it 100% figured out. I'm learning something every day. So we hope that no matter if you're out there and you have 50 years and you're listening to this, let's hope you can learn something from us. And I, I know that I can learn from anybody, whether they have one day or however many days or weeks or months or years. Let's go right into these. And I think we'll just, I'll read the first one. And that's uh, challenge uh, one of seven, and it says developing new coping strategies. Woo, that's a big one. Because if you think about your addiction, you coped with your problem by using. And in recovery, we get to create new coping strategies, going to meetings, talking to people. The big thing that I hear here is it's not as simple as just I'm going to quit drinking and doing drugs and everything's going to be okay and better. I have to develop new coping strategies or else I'm not going to be able to stay in recovery very long. Some people call that a recovery plan, but by developing coping strategies, you take what is going to be very tough and you give it a level of ease. Once you develop and implement them, I would add develop and implement into new coping strategies because in the implementation, that's where you deepen the understanding you have for yourself. Like in treatment, they taught us all kinds of coping strategies and and techniques, but we have to do them. It's just like we talk about in different recovery rooms and things like that, you know. 
if you start to feel a certain way, maybe make a phone call, maybe do something. You can have all the tools in the world, but if you don't use them, they're pretty much worthless. Developing them and implementing them. I like that, Jim. Second one, which I again, we kind of are just reading these. I only scrolled through the first one. So the second one is going to hit yeah. pretty close to home here. Uh, addressing it's trauma. Hit very close to home yeah, for you. Addressing trauma and shame without drugs and alcohol. We've said this in many episodes. This comes to the meeting where you and I met. We're literally yeah. in one session, you found peace in a lot of the trauma in your past. And there was no shame. Yeah. In addiction, we're shame-filled people. And whether it's from trauma, from childhood or whatever it is, shame, I mean, society shames us. We shame ourselves. Our family shames us. And we have to deal with it. And I know what I used to do. As soon as I'd feel a little bit of that trauma or a little bit of shame that I held in forever, I would drink or drug. I'd numb it right on out. Right on the, and you're not doing that anymore. No, now I go through it and it doesn't hold the power over me anymore. And I don't have any shame. And sometimes that it's so freeing not to feel that shame. Cause you're shameless. <laughs> I, I could be a country Western star. Just let's, no. stick, let's stick to coaching, Jim. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we're going to move on to number three. Number three is building new relationships and repairing old ones. And one of the things I have to say on that is some of those old relationships are not repairable. If you're reading this, if you're thinking like, I have to repair every, every relationship, some of them are beyond repair. It's knowing that and moving on. This one... Also, they all are probably going to hit close to home for me due to the fact I was that I'm, say, I'm yeah, in recovery and hit, dealing with these. They're going to yeah. hit really home with you, yeah. This is all about trust for me, and that's building new relationships where I had to learn to trust other people, and then repairing old ones where I had to earn trust. And, and there are relationships that I ruined, that I was the wrongdoer, that are still not repaired in my life. And I, I wish that they, and I pray and hope that one day they can be repaired and you know, that there can be closure there, whatever that looks like. But there's also relationships in my life where those people just needed to go. You know, they, they were there, they were drinking buddies, using buddies, whatever that, that had to go. Those relationships had to go. But now the new relationships are with other people in recovery, other healthy people and their healthier relationships. Oh, you and I, this podcast came out of a relationship and an idea about how could we change the world? How could we be a part of the recovery evolution? Because that is both of our commitments so strong. So the next one, this next one to me is enemy number one of the recovery process and of sobriety. And that is boredom. When you're newly sober, if you get bored, you tend to fall back to old habits. I, this one is, uh, this, it's almost like they wrote these about a bunch of drug addicts and alcoholics like myself, because boredom is definitely a, an enemy and it's a challenge. If you're like me and you spent all kinds of time at bars and casinos and all that stuff, all of a sudden you have a lot of free time on your hand and you sit around and you know, what do they say? Idle mind is the devil's playground. For me, I actually was talking to a guy who who's doing some work for us uh, on this job, some contracting, and he was just talking about how the pandemic and being out of work and different, you know, pauses 
he would sit there and then he just, he was drinking, you know, he's not necessarily an alcoholic, but he would just drink more because he was bored. It was something to do. Going to the bar and doing all that was, was something to do. This, this is why a structured life is important. This is why the new relationships we just talked about are important. This is why new hobbies, uh, healthy hobbies, things like working out, sports, whatever it is, going to different meetings, doing all that stuff. It's very important to find things to fill your time that are healthy. So I think of a story. This probably happened 10 years ago. It's when I was doing about 12 to 15 workshops a week. And it was a Friday night and it was about 9.50 and my phone was still on and I got a call and I didn't recognize the number, but it was also, it was one of those moments where I took the call and it was like, hi, this is so-and-so, do you remember me? And I said, no. And she said, oh, she says, she says, you said that you don't, because that's what I used to say in workshops is if I ever meet you, I probably won't remember you. To me, that's the anonymity part. But she said, it's Friday night. My husband is working. I'm bored and all I want to do right now is use. We had a five-minute conversation and I don't even remember what the conversation was about, but all of a sudden she's like, okay, who? She's like, okay, okay. She's like, I'm okay now. I don't want to use. I just needed to talk for a minute. I just needed somebody to talk to. And sometimes that is how simple it is to alleviate the boredom. Yeah, having people in relationships. I mean, really the the first ones we just talked about, are that's why they're important. The new coping mechanisms like uh, and strategies of calling someone and relationship with people that is healthy, that's that's huge. And, you know, boredom for me, I still kind of sometimes struggle with boredom because and right now my work life is so crazy. I'm on like day 49 in a row of working every single day. <laughs> so I don't have much boredom at the moment. Whenever things settle down and maybe I'm not on a big project, I might have boredom. And not that I ever want to go drink or use. Thank God that obsession and that desire has really been lifted due to my recovery program that I work. But I struggle with like getting bored, sitting around, doing doing nothing, things like that. So I have to really make an effort to fill my time with healthy things. And that's things like the gym, trying to talk to people, volunteering, serving, helping, whatever it is, just getting out there and doing something. The next one is relapse. And relapse is one of the toughest ones. Because if you get bored and you start going into old thought patterns, what normally occurs is relapse. And Kevin, I don't know that I want to find a way to reframe relapse. Because it means in that moment, you may not have stayed sober, but it's the growth after that can strengthen your sobriety. Yeah, relapse is a word that is off. Relapse. In my opinion, relapse is not necessarily a part of recovery, but it's a lot of a part of a lot of people's recovery story. And for me, I just want to say, I have been to treatment once. This is okay. This is sounding, I'm making it sound like I'm bragging. This is nothing like that. I'm just letting people know that it's possible. I have been, I tried to get sober, like truly committed to getting sober one time, uh, where I was willing to do the work. I went to treatment one time. Uh, I went to, started going through the 12 steps and things one time. I've still continually worked that program. And I'm coming up on three years of sobriety one time. 
you'll hear a lot of stories of people that have been to treatment 20 times. They've been in and out of the rooms of uh, 12 step meetings and programs. And that is their story. It's not my story. So just because everybody else seems to be relapsing and coming back, doesn't mean that has to be a part of your story. But Jim, I think you've said some things in the past that I've really found powerful and valuable once you relapse, you know, once you know sobriety and you know recovery, and then you go back to your old ways and you relapse, you can really, if you can live through it, because unfortunately relapse results in death to a lot of people, but if you live through it and you're able to find recovery again, it can really help you grow and strengthen your recovery long term. And that is why I like what you said. It's a part of it, but it is you know you're you're one of the you're one of the ones who took your sobriety and you lived it which is i acknowledge you for that thank you and i want to say this like a lot of people have relapsed 15 and 20 times and and i think that god knows i don't think i have a relapse in me, or if I have a relapse, I, I think I'll die. I, I do. And I was so desperate and I was so close to death at the end of my run that I I think that some people can do that and some can't. Unfortunately, I've buried a lot of people that had some recovery and relapsed once and then died. So let's just remember not to be a downer, but just how serious this is. And don't think that relapse has to be a part of your story. But if you've relapsed and you want to come back, Come on back. Let's use it. Let's talk about it. Let's learn how you've grown from it. Thank you, Jim. And we're going to go to number six, which is finding purpose in life. This is a challenge. Like doing a podcast. Doing a podcast, helping others, serving others. For some yeah. people, you know, you might be out there and you've like got nothing, you, you know, drugs and alcohol have destroyed you. You don't have a job. You don't have this. You don't have that. And sometimes finding your purpose is, is like waking up every day and, and, and finding a job, going to work, doing these different things. That's not like your deep purpose, but at first, that's the purpose that you're living for to help grow into doing what your purpose in life is. And for me, I've had some people recently ask me, you know, I, I've, we're achieving some success in business. My family is, is beautiful. Uh, my life is, is pretty good, you know, and, and they ask me like, what is my purpose? And truly, my purpose is to just like pour back into people and to give to people. And, and, you know, a lot of times people think of giving as like money and all that. But to me, it's so much deeper than that. It's like giving of my experience, giving everything that I've been through, telling my story, helping people, whether that's walking through the trenches with them, whatever. That's my purpose. And I'll tell you what, before recovery, my purpose was how can I get what I want so I will do whatever I can to get what I want so that I can feed my addiction. And so it's completely went from selfishness, self-centeredness to trying to help other people. What I'm hearing is it went from self-centeredness to selflessness and really becoming the best that you could be. Nicely done. And the last one is transitioning out of rehab and back home. And that's an interesting one because oftentimes for people, that is the most difficult. That's why sometimes once somebody gets out of rehab, they can't go back to the same area because in order to create new roots, they can't go back to the same place that where their addiction was strong. 
Now, Kevin, I know you ended up going back home. I I did go back home and into my uh my house, and it was a challenge because here's what happens when you go to rehab, and I'm very blessed. I was able to go to rehab for 90 days. Some people can't, you know. Some people get sober in jail. Some people just get sober outside of rehab and all of that, but. When you're intensely in rehab, and so maybe I'm speaking to people that have went to rehab or in rehab or they've had a family member, I got 90 days of intense work on myself. Like I grew more in those 90 days than I did in the 35 years of my life before that. And so, and I became like very peaceful, like almost like Zen like a little bit. Like people didn't recognize me. I lost like 30 pounds. And I get home. And people don't know me anymore. That transition period for me, you know, I moved back into the house with my wife, challenging there, going through all of the, you know, repairing of that relationship, going back to work, all of it. It was very, very awkward at first. And so it took a lot of time to get comfortable with people. And that's why those other things that we've talked about, though, are, are, again, they're so important to have the tools that you need to be able to get through this because there was a lot of uncomfortable times and I went back to my house, but I didn't go back to all the places that I went before. And I had to set boundaries and my wife had to set boundaries. We had to have different rules and things like that. But that transition can be a challenge for not just the addict. Actually, the addict, normally we have it like the easiest. You know, we just got fed some nice meals and rehab and all that. And we got to go home to this chaos we caused with sometimes a wife, a family, whatever, that, that was cleaning up that mess the entire time we were gone. I know that my wife went through absolute hell because of what that I what I did. So when I got home, I was all ready for everything to be just fine, but there was still a lot of repairing that had to go on. And still to this day, three years later, there's still repairing that's happening every single day. And that transition, it truly is a challenge. But this is where a recovery plan comes into place. This is where a recovery coach comes into place. This is where a counselor, a therapist, this is where a sober friend can get you through. It doesn't have to. It can be any one of those. But at the end of the day, it is the fortification of your commitment to stay sober and really empower your recovery, just like our podcast. I love that, Jim. And also a sponsor is someone, you didn't say the word sponsor, but I knew that that was in there too. That's true. A sponsor. Absolutely. Yeah. These seven challenges, um, again, that we just kind of pulled up and read here are very, very real and close to home. And I'm sure if you're listening to this and you're in recovery or you have a loved one that's in recovery or getting into recovery or almost in recovery, all of these things are uh, are relatable like they were to Jim and I. So we're thankful that you listened and, and, and that you, we want to provide value. We want you guys to, to hear this, learn something, uh, even if it's one or two little things each podcast to just help you strengthen your sobriety and, and get deeper in your recovery. And, you know, we, we have, we're thankful for all of you guys for listening and we just want to keep, uh, keep bringing this stuff out to you so that we can all get better. And again, this is our purpose now is to be out there and helping other people. We'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to this episode of the sobriety elevated podcast. Please like us, rate us, share us with your friends and family. 
By doing that, you make the difference. The more people that listen to this, the more we impact the recovery around the world. Thank you and create an incredible day.